0: Canine Cast number 55 is brought to you by Home Again ID microchips and pet recovery service on the web at homeagainpets.com. It's the Canine Cast with Tara and Walter.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to the Canine Cast. This is Tara.
0: And hello everyone, this is Walter with your Canine Cast recap and Casey Mesolas Canine Cast, Canine Cast number 54. We had an in-depth discussion about making plans for your dog's care in case something happens to you and you can't take care of your dog. Plus, we had more listener stories about dogs that watch TV, and we had information on dog toys for really tough chewers.
1: Thanks, Walter. On this canine cast, we're going to start off with some comments that we got some feedback about some other shows that we had done and we're going to talk a little bit about getting a dog happy in the car again once the dog has been spooked in the car, as well as discussing a little bit about a dog treat called Greenies. So we're going to start off this show with some audio comments from one of our listeners, Mark. He had sent these in, um, some more information about lost animals, or specifically preventing your animal from getting lost. And what he has to say is... Some, um, some good ideas for keeping that from happening when you're traveling with your pet. And he also brought up some more about microchipping. So we're going to let Mark take it away.
2: Hello, Tara and Walter. It is Oblivion or Mark. Just listen to the first part of the lost dog episode, the preparation and follow-up, etc. Two comments I wanted to make is most of your tips were about when you're at home, how to keep your dog at home. I think an important one to mention to people is when traveling with your dog, and this could be going to the store or this could be going across the state, have your dog restrained in the car, either in a crate, which is what we typically do, or we also have a harness, which we use for shorter trips. As well-behaved as your dog is, you never know when you open up a door to let yourself out or to get somebody else out or to put groceries in, your dog might bolt out, and that could be the last time you ever see him or her. Imagine being two or three states away from home, stopping at a rest stop to let the dog out, and they catch sight of another dog, and boom, they're gone. And you've got to rely on your microchips and whatever else. But the other comment I wanted to make is on microchips. I know you have a dog show, Canine Cast, but I think you should it would be worth mentioning to listeners that microchips are wonderful to use in other pets as well. Cats, we have two rabbits, which we adopted. They're both microchipped. I don't think that's, I don't think it's likely that we're ever going to lose them because they're always inside, but some people let them outside and also there's the possibility of the shelter that adopted them out I'm sure would be interested to know if one of their adopted out pets wound up, you know, lost or abandoned somewhere,
1: they want to have that
2: positive ID to be able to back check on that. And they do need to be uh, registered as one of the contacts on the CHIP registration. Uh, The dog martini. I was actually just putting martini in her crate for the day. But they're also put into birds, which, despite what people think, happen to get out quite a bit as well. And they can even... Now, there's some mixed feelings as far as putting microchips in something as small as a cockatiel or a lovebird. I know some people who have done it. The vet that I went to actually recommended against it, which kind of surprised me. But anything bigger than that, they do them in pigeons and doves Cockatoos, definitely, you know, Amazons and macaws, all that good stuff. So it's, like I said, it's not just limited to dogs. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much for sending those in, Mark. Yeah, it's
0: nice to hear from you.
1: Yes, yes, we always enjoy that. Um, We're actually going to discuss a little bit about the microchipping first. Now, I believe that on our first show when we talked about microchipping and we introduced this, we taught we briefly, briefly touched on the fact that it can be used in other animals as well. But what's really neat that Mark brought up was the wide range of animals that it's been used on. I was unaware that it had been used in birds and that's that's really neat, especially since you know birds have the capability of going quite some distance. So that's that's a really helpful um use for it as well. So we know that a lot of our listeners have not only their dogs that they absolutely love and adore but also some other pets as well. so please do talk to your vet about getting the microchips in your other pets if they've not been microchipped yet as you know' it's, it's really heartbreaking when any of your animals get lost and even though we're a bit dog-centric here, um, we really want for everybody to have all of their animals be you know safe and sound with them. So thank you for, for talking to us a little bit about that. And also, for bringing up that that's great um restraining your dog in the car um, now you know we've we've actually i believe talked about you know the idea of restraining your dog in the car for a number of different reasons, but as Mark brought up it's very, very important to help your dog not get lost, and regardless again of how well trained your dog is. The very fact that you're on a vacation, that you're on a trip, your dog could be extra excited, it could see something different than normal, it could even be a little out of sorts, whatever the reason, even the best trained dog can bolt when you're really, really not expecting it. So if you make sure that your dog is restrained in the car, then it's very, very helpful to make sure that your dog won't get lost. But there are other reasons as well. One very, very important one being, of course, that way if you're in an accident, your dog is less likely to get hurt as and get thrown out of the car, as are you when you're wearing a seatbelt. If your dog is restrained in some way, it'll keep the dog in the car. Also, on top of that, if, heaven forbid, you are in an accident and you are hurt, your dog is likely to try to protect you, to try to do something to make you feel better, to take care of you, and in a lot of cases, when you're hurt, The dog may be quite scared of scary people coming in the car and trying to grab you. Now, we would think of these people as, you know, rescuers, EMTs, firemen, but your dog may not realize that. So if your dog is restrained, it's going to keep your dog out of their way and can also then keep harm from coming to your dog because, you know, if the situation gets messy, then that could lead to bad things for your dog as well.
0: And I know that there's been at least one case where somebody was pulled over during a traffic stop, and the dog got out, and the police, like, took action against the dog because they thought the dog might harm them in some way. So if your dog had been seatbelted in under a circumstance like that, that won't ever happen.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's about, um, in those, in those situations, that's, I, I remember that one. It was so, so heartbreaking because there's a big controversy over whether or not the dog actually was going to hurt the officer, and, and you know, it appeared that the dog was not, that the dog was friendly, and it was... A horrible, horrible situation. So, to protect yourselves and your dogs from being in that situation, um, you know, however, however it could come about, if your dog is restrained, as as Walter said, it will keep that type of a thing from happening. But um, we also have a an email from one of our listeners, where she talks about her dog. Um, she she actually was in a, was in an accident with her dog, a, a pretty bad accident. So, um, so she writes in about that. And this email is from Kelly. She says, My husband and I have a wonderful Boston Terrier named Ruthie that we rescued from a shelter last spring. She is perfect all around, and we just adore having her as part of our growing family. My question concerns anxiety Ruthie has in the car. She was not always anxious in the car. She used to curl up in the front or back seat and take a nap until we got to our destination. Unfortunately, Ruth and I were in a serious car accident over the summer. It was just the two of us in the front seats. We had a high-speed front impact, and Ruthie was thrown to the floor. The airbags never inflated, and only by the grace of God were neither of us injured. Shaken up, of course, but not injured. Immediately after the accident, I hurried to get us out of the car and out of harm's way. She was justifiably shaken up from the impact and didn't want to leave the car. I had to yell to find her in the darkness, and my terrified voice frightened her more. She jumped in the back seat, and I had to struggle to drag her out of the car and over to the median to get us to safety. Both of us shook violently until the police arrived at the accident scene. I held her in my arms until my husband got there and tried to calm us both down. We put Ruth in his car so that she was out of harm's way until the accident scene was cleared. Since that day, Ruth has been terrified to get in the car. We travel often, and she comes with us. Of course, we now put her in her crate, securely strapped in the back seat. I had never thought about restraining her in the car till after the accident. Ruth is smart and knows when we are getting ready to leave and she will do anything she can not to get in the car. She starts to shake as soon as she figures out she has to go with us. We usually end up having to lift her and put her in the car. Once we do get her in, she shakes vigorously for a few minutes and then eventually pants the entire time she's in the car, whether it is running or not, regardless of who is driving. I worry for her health because she is such a short-nosed dog, and I have heard warnings about her overheating. She will often pant for three straight hours of the car ride. What can we do to help ease her anxiety and help her from overheating? She will not drink water in the car. She will not eat a treat or play with a toy. She simply sits, maybe lays down, and pants the entire ride. Well, Kelly, it's, it sounds like you know she has every reason to be afraid of the car because it sounds like you guys had a, a very, very... um. A very serious accident. I I'm so very glad that you both turned out turned out okay, and it sounds like you weren't like neither of you were really hurt, even though it was such a bad accident. Yeah, so it amazing. Yeah, we're oh so grateful to hear about that. That's always I mean ex- accidents are are never a good thing, but when somebody can come out of it on that side of it and be okay, that's always such a blessing. Um, Now, but of course, you know, it seems kind of justifiable now that Ruth isn't a big fan of the car anymore. Now, this this is almost almost like a little bit of deja vu here, because in Canine Cast number 17, we actually talked about how important it is to restrain your dog in the car and talked a little bit about making dogs more comfortable in the car. But with Ruthie, um, it seems like, you know, since she since she's been through such an ordeal with it, the best thing to do to help her would be to kind of take that and and take it even farther. Um, For example, you said that now when she even sees you guys getting ready to go into the car, and especially when she figures out that she's going with you, that she um, gets very, very anxious from that point on. So what I would recommend doing is go ahead and look at the different things that you do that are part of your normal routine when you're taking her in the car with you. Try to figure out what the very, very first things are, whether it be that you maybe put treats in your purse for her or you get out a a special leash or whatever, and start doing those things just on a normal, everyday basis without having anything remotely related to the car just so that she can begin feeling more comfortable with those particular things. And that way, her anxiety, she'll still be anxious about going in the car, but at least her anxiety won't be starting as early as it is now. Then as, as you work those different things out and she gets to the point where you can pretty much get her ready to go into the car without her getting too anxious, that would be the time to start working on actually getting her more comfortable with the idea of going in the car, getting with bringing her out to the car and getting her comfortable just just going to the car, not not getting in it, not even opening a door, but just going to it. At that point is when you would start what will probably be a little bit of a bigger process, getting her comfortable with getting in the car. And that's where Canine cast number 17 would pretty much pick up. Uh, You would go through the whole routine of having her in the car without it being on and then having it on in the driveway and then going down the driveway and right back up, so on and so forth. And what you're doing here is you're basically trying to desensitize her to it, but it's it's becoming a a really you're taking a really really long process beginning with way before you ever get anywhere near the car, just so that at each step of this entire process you're helping her with her anxiety at that step. Now, um, I'm not I'm not actually very. Um, I don't, I don't know how to how to put this a like like drug, hobby, drug happy drug or, or pharmacy happy when it comes to dogs. So although although and there's another canine cast where I was talking about something with this recently as well. However, because of because of her situation and because she did go through such a traumatic event, it might turn out to be very very difficult to really rid her of her anxiety or even to work on it without some type of help. So uh, what I would do is talk to your vet and see if the vet maybe can prescribe something. And I mean, it could be, it could be anything. There are, there are a number of things out there, like um, rescue remedy. That's, ki- that's kind of, um, it's not, it's not really a, a drug per se. It's just kind of, um, I don't know if it's like, I, we've, we've talked about that before as well, but it's, it's just, it's kind of something that people use on dogs, cats, other animals, sometimes people to a calming agent. So she may actually benefit from the use of something like that, as well as, of course, going through this whole desensitization exercise. Don't expect to get through that in a day or a week or maybe even a month. It may take a really, really long time because she's been through this situation. But if you're just very matter-of-fact and very positive about it, make sure to really, really spend a lot of time and attention. Give her positive reinforcement when she's not acting nervous that will help a lot and if she does act nervous or anxious about any step of the process then just stop what you're doing right there don't don't pet her don't try to calm her because that can be interpreted as positive reinforcement but just stop what you're doing ignore that she's anxious altogether and just go go do something else completely and leave it alone and then next time go ahead and try to kind of kind of take a step backwards introduce her to whatever made her nervous a little more gradually and as far as you as far as you can get with her not getting nervous go ahead and do the positive reinforcement and if you can while you're doing this do it try to do it without getting to a point where she can get anxious say for example that you put treats in your purse when you're doing this with her Maybe go ahead and get the treats and put them in whatever bag they go into in the purse and watch her while you're doing this. And if she's not getting anxious, then go ahead and give her one of the treats. Take the treats in the bag, put them away, and that's the end of that. That was great because nobody got nervous and everything was fine and happy. Then at another time, go ahead and take a treat in your hand. Just very quickly pop that little bag of treats into your purse. And if she is fine with that, give her treat and stop right there so it'll it'll be it'll be a lot of steps it'll take a long time but eventually eventually she'll probably be able to get to the point where she's comfortable enough that you don't have to worry about her in the car she may never get to where it's her favorite thing in the whole entire world and that's fine but your your goal right now is just to get her to where you're not worried that she's that she's breathing too hard that she's going to um you know Overheat herself or something like that, and and like I said, talk to your vet. Um, they may be able to prescribe some things that I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't say that that will take the place at all of the training, but may help you in your training as well. And we wish you the best of luck with Ruthie in getting her more comfortable in the car because you know that is that is something that dogs have to do on a, on a fairly regular basis with with a lot of people. I know that our dogs do with us, so good luck with that because we want her to be happy while she's traveling with you. So now to switch tacks a little bit, talking about things that, that dogs like, we have an email asking about greenies. Now, for anybody who's not familiar with greenies, it's basically a type of dog treat, and it was developed to help dogs with, um, cl- help keep dogs' teeth clean. So that's when they chew on it, it cleans their teeth and freshens their breath and so on and so forth. So Melissa wrote in and asked, I was wondering if you had any views on the dog treats greenies. For years, I heard only positive things about them and gave my dogs them a couple times a week. Over the past several months, I have heard horror stories about dogs, and recently cats as well, choking on greenies and greenies building up in the intestines and having to be surgically removed. There are reports that greenies have killed many dogs and cats. I know this is a bit of a controversial issue, as the greenie company claims that they are not responsible. I do not know how much of these stories are true, but I have stopped feeding my dogs greenies. Thanks for writing in about that, Melissa. Now, what I what I did was I, I've I mean I've I've looked online. I'm familiar with greenies because my dogs used to have them all the time as well, and I you know and I've and I've heard pretty much the same thing the same things that you have that some dogs have had you know very very serious problems with them. So what I actually did was I went online to to a, a site that I don't normally use when I'm doing dog research but one that I use for lots of other things called Snopes.com. Um, for anybody who's not familiar with this website, it's basically the urban myth website, and they do a great job in doing research and looking into stories to see whether or not they're true, what, you know, if, if parts of them are true, what the story is based on, so on and so forth. They always list their claim, what, you know, brief synopsis of whatever the myth is, and then the status, true, false, or other. Now, in this case, the claim is that greenie's brand dental shoes pose a general danger to dogs that's the the myth or the story or you know whatever you want to call it and the status here is undetermined, so they're saying they don't really um know they don't have any definitive information, yes or no but what they but what they found um you know they ha they have the the story going on in the on the internet and um of course there's there's many different versions of it, but essentially, what it says is that the reason why these wouldn't be safe for dogs is because the, the material is, um, can get caught in their, in their intestine, and stomach, um, so on and either have to be surgically removed or, you know, can cause baker problems for the dog and um, and that some, you know, some do die. So, so Snopes goes on to, t- to talk about how, you know, there's this, this email that began circulating. So, a news station in Seattle did a consumer investigation on it, and they reported that that greenies can pose a real danger to dogs. And they offered it says they offered three accounts from dog owners whose pets did have to go treatment for intestinal obstructions. Um, two two were fine. Uh, they they all they had surgery. Two of them came through it fine, and then there was a third one who, that had died. And then um, they found they found more people who had claimed that their dogs had died after eating. What they say here is greenie-like products. So greenie-like products that could be greenies that could be just something else that's similar. Um, now the the company that makes greenies, it's S S and M New Tech, um, gave a complete a statement that they sent to to the Seattle station. They also gave a copy of this statement to Snopes. See, this is why Snopes is so cool, because they have access to things like this. And what they and what they say here is they they basically say, you know, that the com- the company is really, really concerned about about this, of course, and that they, you know, that they don't want greenies hurting dogs, that um, that they develop greenies because their their dogs pro- their dog had a, a problem with bad breath, so they wanted something to to clean his teeth. Um, and they go they go on to say that uh, greens were the first dog treat to earn the veterinary oral health council seal of acceptance for both plaque and tartar reduction. So they point out that it that you know it actually is you know in these vet, in all of these veterinarians' opinion a really good tool to help with um, dog dental care, which is great. However, then they go on to talk about the the inte- intestinal obstruction problem that could or could not be out there and what they say is that with some with um with some dogs if it's not properly chewed if the dog just say takes a great big hunk and swallows it that it can cause problems with digestion it may not be completely digested so what they what they recommend is that dogs um that if dogs will gulp their greenies you know if they'll, if, if your dog's likely essentially to take a big, big, huge honking piece of the greenie and swallow it that that's probably not safe for your dog. And I want to take this opportunity to say that that's actually true of many, many dog treats. As a matter of fact, just about any dog toy or treat out there that can be broken into little pieces and swallowed can also be broken into pieces that are way too big and swallowed. So for people who do like to give their dogs greenies or any other dog toy, I highly recommend that you watch your dog eating it, and if your dog, and if your dog breaks anything into big pieces and swallows it, then don't let your dog play with that toy. It's not going to be safe for your dog, and that's regardless of if it's Greenies or if it's a raw hide bone or if it's a Kong or whatever else. Um, and that's and that's part of why we don't give them to our dogs anymore because our dogs our dogs are the type that given given the chance they will break off. The, like they seem to enjoy. Swallowing the biggest piece that they possibly can, I think they 're trying to prove something to each other i don 't right. know but but the, but the fact of the matter is we don 't give our dogs greenies because they will do that. We know that, so we don 't give our dogs things that they can that they can bite off huge peaches and swallow but um okay, but anyway that 's that's that 's my feeling regarding a number of dog toys where that can come into play so so they point out that with greenies that that can be very dangerous if dogs do that, and what they say is that. They, you know, they have certain sizes for certain types of dogs, and that for dogs that do tend to gulp, as they put it, that they that they've made Greenies little bits, which are small enough that they should be able to be digested without a problem, even if the dogs do t- try to gulp them.
0: And both uh, Greenies products, they have, la- you know, instructions on them that basically says, I I know for the regular Greenies that that spe- that specify if your dog eats this way not to give the dog the treat so they right. know about the problem i guess they're trying to warn people about it too so
1: yeah and they, and they do have certain size grainies for a certain size dogs. so you know of course the same as with most other dog toys you're not going to give your 100 pound dog the greenie that's meant for the 20 pound dog um you know that's that's just something that's very important in in any case to do So, um, so, so far as to, as to whether or not greenies are dangerous, I would say they can't, you know, they can be, um, and, and as I said before, a number of dog toys and treats can be. So the first, first and foremost, regardless of what any of what anybody's giving your dog, it's so very important that you watch your dog and you supervise your dog while they are, while they're playing with it, chewing on it, so forth and so on. Now, I mean, with, with, with certain dog toys, like, you know, if if your dog isn't that much of a chewer and you're giving it a black Kong and there's no way it's ever going to make a dent in that Kong and you've seen it play with the Kong, then you might be okay leaving the dog unsupervised, you know, with the Kong for short periods. But but in general with greenies, if you're going to give them to your dog, make sure that you watch your dog and you see. And if your dog is, is going to be like our dogs and chew off big hunks of the greenies, then you know you may want to rethink whether or not this is necessarily the treat for them and you may also want to look into the little bits instead now on the other hand there are of course lots of dogs out there that are very dainty chewers and they'll chew on a little on a little treat for a little while and then kind of put it aside and there'll be a few teeth marks it seems to me that this second group of dogs these dainty chewers that I'm talking about right now are the types for for um for whom greenies would probably be okay so it's really important to know your dog and know th- and know their habits. That said, as with as with most everything, where it's a question of your dog's, you know, health, safety, and welfare, I highly, highly recommend that you talk to your vet about it and see what they think as well, because you know they're the ones that know your dog, you know, insofar as your dog's health and physical well-being. So they will probably be able to give you a good idea as to whether or not this would be a good treat for your dog, or maybe for your dog, there's a better treat that they can recommend. Um, maybe for your dog, they'll say that this treat is perfect. And you know, and by the way, your dog can really use the dental you know, care benefits that come with it. So it would be great for your dog. It, um, it really depends on your situation with your dog and what you, what you feel is comfortable, what you feel you're comfortable with in keeping your dog safe. Um, for, you know, for us for us we you know we actually really liked the uh, the dental benefits and our dog's breath was much nicer at the time and they were getting slight, <laughs> slightly higher dental cleaning scores while they were chewing them but you know but it's it's not something that we feel is for them at this point so that means that, that we're having to be a little bit more careful about brushing their teeth and and give them other things to chew on which aren't necessarily as effective but they're less able to bite off hunks of it and swallow it so um so basically that's that's where I stand on them is that it, you know it depends on what you feel is right for you and your dog. It's important that you know you know that you know the situation and you know the story so that you can make an informed decision um regard you know regarding what's what's good for you and with with Melissa with your with your dogs it sounds like like for you like this may probably not be um a good a good option for them. You know and that's why you may have stopped why you stopped giving your do- these to your dogs. So, um, but thank you for bringing that up because that way, you know, there may be other people out there who this is, you know, this isn't the right treat for, for their dogs, but, you know, they wouldn't have known. And, you know, on the other hand, there may be some people for who it would be really good and they could, you know, really benefit from that talk with their vet and find out about it. So thank you for sending in that email. It's so great. We get all of, all of these emails and all of these, all of these different topics that, you know, that, that I've heard about or had experience with and seen. But, you know, but on, on my own wouldn't necessarily, you know, have, have brought into the show or at least not for some time. But, you know, when you guys send these things to me, then it gives me a great chance to kind of explore and learn more about these topics. And it's really, really fun. So we always enjoy getting the emails from you guys with your feedback and also with your, your stories and your questions. So if you have any, any further ideas on any of the things that we've covered, we, we love sharing those as well because... Even though I'm in my quest to become all-knowing about all things dog, I'm not there yet. And it's great when listeners send in tips and tidbits and things that, you know, that I didn't know. And that way I can share them with everybody and all of our knowledge increases. So that's wonderful. Thank you guys so much for, send- for sending in information and feedback and, you know, just helping to support the show as well as tuning in for our show every few days as well. So now we're gonna take a quick break for a message from our sponsor.
2: As a bloodhound, I have a pretty good sense of smell. Right now I can smell a seven ounce filet with hollandaise sauce about four miles from here. Mmm, I love filet. I think I'll go see if they have any
0: left over. You don't think your dog will run away? Your dog might think differently. One in 3 pets will get lost without ID. 90% won't return home. That's why vets recommend the Home Again microchip, a safe, permanent ID that can bring your pet home. Talk to your vet about Home Again and visit homeagainpets.com. And thanks to our sponsor Home Again. Now it's time for listener pictures. These pictures are sent in from Daniel and Lucila, and this is pictures of their new Great Dane puppy Telula. You may remember that Daniel and Lucila have a dog, Bela, that we've shown in the listener pictures before, and you can see pictures of Bela and Tallulah in the CanineCast Listeners Picture Gallery at CanineCast.com, or if you have iTunes or a color iPod, you're seeing a picture of Tallulah laying down in her new bed.
1: Yes, and we're very, very happy to hear, too, that Bela and Tallulah are getting along very well. So thanks for writing in and sharing the pictures and also letting us know how the situation went with with bringing in the new puppy. We were crossing our fingers for you guys. So, and thanks again also to all of our listeners who send in the pictures. We always get such a kick out of them. And, oh, I want to take this opportunity as well to say that Ruthie, the the dog that we had talked about before, the little Boston Terrier, um, we actually have her picture in the listener gallery. We had put it in there a couple of weeks ago. So... You can see her as well as all of the other dogs in our listener picture gallery. Um, the, the pictures, are just there are so many in there that are just adorable and beautiful. And it's, it's just so great. So thank you all so much for sharing pictures of your dogs with us and with all of the listeners.
0: And you can send us more pictures by sending an email to the email address, which you're going to play at the end of the show, our Cast email address.
1: Yes, we love getting those as well as all of your questions, comments, and feedback through email and also through voicemails. And, of course, if you send us a voicemail, we just may play you on the show as well. So please keep sending those in. Thank you so much for joining us again for another edition of the Canine Cast. And until next time, if you haven't already, please remember to spay or neuter your dog. It's the best thing you can do for your furry friend.
0: If you have a question for Tara or a comment about Canine Cast please send an email to caninecast at gmail.com or you can leave a voicemail at 206-338-DOGS and you can leave a comment on our website at caninecast.com.